Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Many of us, many of you, got what we wanted Sunday evening. Started filtering out that, I guess, around 7 o'clock or so, something's going down. So, of course, had to had to stay by the phone and see what that was. I pretty much knew it meant Grantham was going to be let go. I didn't know about Hevesy. Uh, until the the report came out from from Feldman there, but moves that uh, ultimately needed to be made. Uh, threw out an episode last night. If you guys want to check it out, there, given a lot of my initial thoughts, so I can share some of those here. But as we do here on Spaces, it's more about you guys sounding off here. So let me get James in here. Sorry, there we go. Jay Craig, sixty-seven here. I see that it was uh, James Bond of Project Management, I guess. <laughs> you there? Let uh, take. There we go. Hello. Hey, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. I think the connection got lost. Yeah, I have to come back around. Top dog Ben. Top top dog Ben. Good morning, Dave. How you doing? You can hear me. I got you loud and clear. All right. Good morning, man. Hey, I've been waiting on you all morning, man. I've been up since five <laughs> o'clock messing with this Twitter stuff, waiting on you. <laughs> I think a dollar short in a day late, Dave. A dollar short in the day late. We shouldn't have to went. We shouldn't have to go through a, a tough season we went through to wait for these answers that we need, Dave. I I don't know. I don't know, Dave. I don't know if this gonna. I don't know what this gonna do because I don't. I don't trust Mullen into making the correct hires that he need to make to go out and do get the people that we need to have a successful program change. I, I think he's gonna pull one of his friends or a grand assistant like he did or somebody he have been waiting. I don't think he's going to make the tough decision to go get someone that's going to tell him that, hey, hey, Dan, this is not the route we go. This is what we're going to do to give him something instead of his friends with him. So I want to get your opinion on that. Yeah, as far as that part goes, I, mean, I, I do like the replacement hires he's made uh, so far for the most part. Uh, you, you you bring in David Turner when Sanceri leaves. Uh, that was an upgrade, at least for Florida. You know, I know Sanceri goes on to Alabama and recruits well, but, you know, who doesn't do that? Um, so I thought, at least for their role at Florida, Turner was an upgrade over Sanceri. Uh, Tim Brewster uh, being the tight end coach. I mean, you know, one of the best, one of the biggest reputations, best reputations out there for a tight end coach. Um, and then you know, the DB coaches this year probably can't. I mean, I, I think they have improved uh, for, for, from last year's play. Uh, 
technically still an issue uh, there, but still, for the most part, you know, not taking Saturday night into account in South Carolina because you did have your your miscommunications there. But your miscommunication, for the most part, has been solid on the back end with these new coaches. I I think McGriff and, and, and Jules have done some good things this year. Um, so I'd probably I'd lean that it's better this year, maybe call it a wash in the end since you had those guys, the, the previous guys, uh, a bit longer. So, you know, but, of course, those are the, you know, assistant changes and not necessarily – the defensive coordinator and a much bigger role. Uh, so now I, I think I don't. I don't think it'll be a buddy hire. Um, now going to your point, too little, too late. Uh, what do you get in this scenario? Uh, if everybody knows Dan Mullen is coaching for his job in 2022, what type of coach can you bring in here? Uh, yeah, to, that's a, that's another question. You're right. Yeah, you know how. But also at the same time, I think you can look at it both ways. It's Hey, if you're the guy that comes in here and turns this thing around, it sets you up. It sets you up for a big job. Uh, it does. So, yeah, Florida, Florida will pay if Indian, you know, the uh, the recent contracts we've seen for uh, some of these assistant coaches, you know, Florida will pay. Uh, you're talking about those probably overpaid <laughs> for the production yeah. Florida got out of Florida got out of it, but Florida will pay uh, the defensive coordinator. So I don't think money will be an issue either. It would just be about does somebody want to take that chance and. Then, at a program like Florida and knowing the offense will probably still be mostly taken care of, uh, the defensive coordinator can come in here and think, you know, that that's the kind of, that's the step that I need to, to, to get a bigger job. So uh, I, I get that it may, there may be guys that shy away from it, but I, I don't think for the most part guys will. I think they will look at it as an opportunity to come in here and make a name for themselves. And you come in, you come in and turn this defense around right away. People will take notice, and whatever your ultimate goals are, those will, you know that's a that, that puts it on fast track. So my question is, your message to the fan base is to because I don't have any trust in Miller right now. So what your whole statement is is your message to the fan base is just sit back and trust Mullen to make the correct hire at defense coordinators. That's your message to the fan base because if you say yes. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to calm down and trust him. <laughs> uh, I'll say given history of his past hires at Florida, I say I say trust him to make a good defensive coordinator hire. If, now I will say if, and we'll, we'll, we'll see how this goes along the way. We'll see who he has to choose from. It, it could be where guys are shot away. Guys don't want to come in for one year. Um, I don't think that will be the case, but it, it, it could be. And, and Mullen's hard to work with, too. Uh, you know, we, we, we know that. That's no surprise. Uh, that, you know, that could shy away people too. But I think, you know, given given his history of hires at Florida so far, upgrading some some, some of the replacements that he's had to make, I, I say trust him to make the hire. I just hope the pool of candidates that he has will will be somebody with – you know, he that he really wants, and he's not have he's not having to settle because there's just not a lot to choose from. I think there will be, but I'm not 100 percent sure on that angle. Okay, I got two more questions, Dave, and then I'm gonna get off here. One, the first question is the status of Anthony Richardson, and the second question is if he loses to Florida State, is he gone? Uh, Anthony Richardson. Gone? Yeah, I got you. Anthony Richardson, I think should be cleared this week. I think uh, he'll be good there, so he'll probably. 
I would assume get a start uh, versus Sanford. If if everything latest I heard is he'll be okay this week. Um, I look, I'm 50-50 on Mullen if he comes back next year anyway after losing to South Carolina. You know, I, 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 I was assuming that he doesn't lose the last four games, South Carolina, Sanford, uh, Missouri, FSU. Once that loss happened, I don't, you know, I don't think anything is safe uh, as far as Dan Mullen goes. You lose to FSU, then I me, I mean, look, I'm, I'm ready to move on right now anyway. If I'm making a decision, definitely if you lose to FSU, I'm going – um, I, man, I just don't, I don't know how this ad, ad, administration will see it. I, I I really don't. I think they could be using these these coaching moves right now as enough, kind of like how they did last year with the. That's what uh, I you think. Got, they, you got rid. You got rid of two. That's yeah, what I think. They of, put the bandaid with these two coaching moves. They put the bandaid on it. That's what I but think. Lose, yeah, but lose the FSU, then all, all bets are off. I think I okay. think it can it can get pretty ugly uh, at that point. I I wouldn't say he's I wouldn't say he's back. I wouldn't say he's fired. I I just don't know where how. I mean, look, there were there were some button buttons pressed uh, this past weekend. You know, some yeah. some some heavy boosters were were speaking their mind, and that's why a lot of these moves that we saw these moves that we saw I think were sped up in a way. Uh, I don't think Dan Mullen wanted to make any moves in the season as far as making coaching changes. They were going to happen. Okay. I just don't think they were going to happen yesterday until Florida loses to South Carolina and some some, some big money uh, started talking. All right. That's lose, why lose, the F, lose the FSU and even more big money starts talking. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. We can't we can't lose that. It was sad losing to South Carolina, man. I turned the game off on the first quarter. I was so upset with the, just the, the, the everything, man. It's just, it's just been a tough season, man. My, my, my Gators losing. The Lakers losing and my Mad Video Game team losing, so I just have having a tough season this year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. It's it, it a bounce back. It's a bounce back. No problem. All right. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you for everything you're doing, Dave, and I sure enough appreciate you. All right, man. Go Gators. Go Gators. Can you hear me? Ah, right, got you. Got you good. Got you. Okay. Sorry, sorry about that. I was having some technical issues on my end. How you doing this morning, David? I'm good. I'm good. Trying to stay warm. Man, I'm going to be honest with you. I think this, these moves, and I, I know everybody's already said it, but it's it's too little too late. And I think the thing when he, when the, the announcement came out of firing Todd Grantham and, you know, all this other stuff, the first thing I thought about was 2022. Yeah. Our schedule next year does not set us up for success. <laughs> this, was the, yeah. this was the year. I mean, even though we played Alabama and Georgia's really good, this was the year to take a proverbial step forward, even though we would have had, you know, potentially had two losses. This was the year to take a step forward. Our schedule next year, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, unless Dan Mullen becomes David Blaine and pulls something out that we've just never seen before, I have no idea how he's going to survive this. That is just, I mean, we play at Texas A&M next year. We have Utah next year. Like our schedule is tough and weird for next year. And I, I mean, for a man who came out with an unbelievable offense in 2020, you know, put up the ridiculous numbers and then made the change to 2021 and still did pretty decent with the personnel you have. I just don't understand how he couldn't make changes everywhere else. Like I just, I just don't get it. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as you said, you would, 
that I, that's one reason I would have loved the the defensive coordinator move last year. Uh, you you kind of you kind of re, you're retooling at the same time both sides of the ball to kind of set up something for 2022 because most people expected a step back this year. Uh, anyway, now don't get me wrong, you still got to win games, and if there were the things that we could usually count on uh, from Dan Mullen, this this year still would have been pretty good. Uh, but you know, you still got your retooled offense. Then you have a you have a defense that's kind of learning their way under a new defensive coordinator this year, and it was set up better uh, for 2022 next year. But as you said, you look at the schedule next year. Utah, Kentucky, South Florida, Tennessee. If we take this season and translate it to next season, just right now by what we know, three of those games are losable. Utah, Kentucky, Tennessee. And so we already know at least a new defensive coordinator is going to be in trying to grind his way to a early part of the schedule that's very tough. Uh, and who knows, you know, it maybe maybe head coach at, at some point too, but we at least know defensive coordinator. And then we know the offensive issues this year, so you're going to be trying to get back on track on offense as well versus Utah, Kentucky, and Tennessee in three of your first four games. So um, if Dan Bullen is back, we know for sure 2022 is, you know, the, the hot seat is scalding. And it's going to be a tough, going to be a tough start. You know, you can build a whole lot of momentum off of that, but you start losing to Utah, Kentucky, and Tennessee, and, and some kind of combo of that, it's uh, I, you, may, you may be, think, you may be down early. Yeah, I think the other thing I'm going to take a a, a very good look at this off season is the transfer portal, as far as who leaves and who comes back, because that's going to tell basically everything that. you need to know about 2022. That's going to be your telltale sign right there. Yeah, you can definitely expect um, even with, with you know with the defensive coordinator change, um, whether you know you like Todd Grantham or not. Of course, the natural attrition of the transfer portal is going to come into play. Um, so uh, he probably won't be the only one either. I think more assistant you know firings are coming, or not renewal of contracts are coming, and that's going to be on the defensive side of the ball too. So I think you know we'll, we'll see. We'll see. You know, Christian Robinson, of course, the big name that comes up. Yeah, you got the new deal mm-hmm. last year with the with, with the flirtation. Uh, with Michigan and, and and the like, but he is you know a Todd Grantham disciple. Uh, so what does that mean for him? Uh, and you know, would he would he jump at the opportunity to get away from Todd Grantham and kind of make a name for himself and stay at Florida? And would that help him? You know, how much of the linebacker plays on Christian Robinson? You know, is it over so much? You know, this is Todd Grantham's defense, and it's still more on him. Uh, you know, I've heard rumblings on both sides that Robinson wants to do some different things, but kind of overruled by Grantham. Don't know how true that is. I, I, I well, we got well, we got three games to figure it out. <laughs> got there, three there you go. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. Well, you're right. So, what do you see from here on out? Uh, and yeah. Some changes there, of course. You know, how much can you change in the season with three games left, and how much are guys going to buy in, and all that stuff as well. So kind of hard to tell hard to get a gauge on that but you hope to see some different things and look we're not going to tell this week you know with with Sanford I mean you could tell the want to of the team that's the only thing you'll be able to tell this weekend uh but Missouri FSU you'll be able to tell a little more of the coaching side of things when when Florida plays those two games well well the thing the thing I'm looking for against Sanford just schematically what are we doing on defense like I mean yeah yeah I mean, schematically, we've been awful. And that's the thing that, you know, tackling is one thing and, you know, coverage and all this other great stuff. But schematically, we've been awful. And that is the thing that, I mean, I, I can look before the play even snaps and say, yeah, this <laughs> yep. isn't going to go well. 
I mean, I was sitting there in the stands in Columbia and just watching the players run on and off the field and defensive line. I mean, it was, you know, a second or two, and this is a lot of what we saw last year, you know, a second or two before the ball snapped and, you know, nine of the 11 players are looking at the sideline. Right. And it was, you know, it's just um, uh, hopefully I have been told your target defense is very, very difficult. It's very um, – there's – it's, it's a lot too complex. It's an NFL it's, defense. It's nickel. It's nickel. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, and there you go. <laughs> he hasn't adjusted with the times either. And he tried, he tried right. to, he's um, he's made it too difficult and no adjustments there either. But uh, maybe a more – definitely a more simplified approach from here on out for the rest of the season. Gotcha. I appreciate the time, Dave. Hey, man, thanks. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see. Kobe – What's up, Dave? Hey, man. I've got a question for you. Um, can anyone name one thing that Dan Mullen does well right now? Any redeemable quality? Because as, as, as time has gone forward, we, we've kind of fallen back to, well, at least he can coach. At least he can scheme mm-hmm. them up. We just all watched the South Carolina game. They had one of the worst rush defenses um, in the conference, and we literally don't run it well into the first and second quarter of that of that game, and and let the game get out of control when we're supposedly really quite good at running the football. So as things stand today, and we're talking about everyone's, you know, it's a band aid with the firings, and I, I completely agree with that. But the common denominator right now seems to be Dan Mullen, and I'm struggling to come up really with one thing that he can hang his hat on right now at the University of Florida and says he does that really well. Yeah, that, that's why Florida's four and five right now. You know, of course I'm big on recruiting, but we know that's the probably the biggest issue, but it's been everything else that's kind of fallen by the wayside that that's why Florida's four and five. Um, the things you could count on, the things Dan Mullen did so well, the scheming and the play calling. Um, now, you know, we, we, we saw it toward the beginning of the year as well, of uh, what he could scheme up versus Bama and scheme up versus Tennessee. Uh, but once that run game has gotten shut down this year, look, we knew we knew Florida was going to have to focus on the run game this year. And I didn't think as much. I didn't think the quarterbacks would struggle this much. Uh, but we knew this offense was going to be built on the run game. And once defenses saw it on tape, once defenses adjusted uh, and stopped, you know, mainly the quarterback run as well, uh, it's just it, it hasn't been there. And Dan Bowles doesn't have an answer. He can't scheme up anything. I don't think there's a lot of – uh, confidence right now from the players. I don't think there's a lot of confidence in the coaching staff right now and what they're what they're able to do. And you're right, there's not really anything you can point to right now, whether it be on the field, off the field, that you can point to that says All right, this t- this team does that well. There's 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 not one right now. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I completely agree. And as, as I look at 22, I agree with the, the, the schedule analysis. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. You don't know where the mindset of the team is. You don't know where this um, 22 class is going to finish up. It just seems like you're prolonging the inevitable. Um, if we don't pull the trigger <clears throat> on, on, you know, axing Dan. And I mean, I, you know, I, I won't say publicly that I want us to lose to Florida state or Missouri, but it, it's tough to watch us if we squeak by in those games, and that in and of itself extends Mullen into twenty two. We're we're looking at having to deal with this for another calendar year uh, before we can go find a new coach. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, man. 
I just got a strong feeling why everybody's so hard on damn money right now. He has a bad year. He had a good year last year. He had a bad year this year, but it's just a couple of changes that he needed to make to actually get back to the source that he was at. At the end of the day, it's coaching. I coach football, so I know about football. Some years you have bad teams. Some years your staff is bad. It, 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 it doesn't translate every year to the same, to the present year or to the previous year. 2022 recruiting class is, uh, is good. It's good enough to do what they need to do. As long as you bring in the right coordinator, defense coordinator, I feel, and the right offensive line coordinator, I feel like totally, everything could be totally different. It's not necessarily the defense. It's a commander like everybody been saying, but I'm not big on just saying, hey, let Dan go. Dan's the best play caller in the college football right now. So, I don't think it's a damn problem. Yeah, I'm, but, I mean, you know, and part of it is, yeah, this year, you're right, this year has really fallen by the wayside, but it, it dates back to the end of last year as well and not getting the team, you know, ready for uh, a lot of these games to go play. Uh, and I think ultimately what a lot of people are pointing to is the way the recruiting has been since he's taken over. Where where you're at in the hierarchy, like where's the hope that Florida can get to the level of they're at? Uh, and when you look at recruiting, I don't I don't think it's there. And now you're having to make all these changes to kind of make up for it. And I still don't know if you can get to that point just because of the coaching changes. Uh, now, I, I do agree, you know, if Dan Mullen is – bought in and you know maybe just a a a bad period of time right here uh, that yeah if he can fully buy back in if he can fully get in he is one of the the best play callers in in college football but right now you know we're I don't we're not seeing that on a consistent enough level uh and the, of course the biggest the biggest change had to be on defense last year that wasn't the issue even even when Florida's offense would have a quote-unquote bad game. It was still good enough if the defense uh, was good enough. And we've seen that at times this year as well. Uh, the, the Bama game, the LSU game, uh, you know, for, for example, you know, your offense was still good enough even with the issues. Uh, and it falls back to defense. And that's why we see the change being made uh, right now. It's just there's not, a, there's, not a consistent, there's not a consistency at every level uh, right now that gives a lot of fans hope. And I got no question. So, what do you think about Marcus Freedom and Dan Lanford for a defense coordinator? Uh, I don't see those guys leaving their current schools um, for what could be, you know, a hot seat for Dan Mullen here. I don't, I don't see those guys necessarily leaving their situations for that. Now, if a if a if a new coach was coming in and you bringing in a defensive coordinator, maybe you could steal one of those guys in a situation like that. Uh, but leaving their current situation where it's a pretty good situation, uh, I don't see them taking a chance. Those those type of coaches taking a chance to come to Florida and just try and, and, and to save Dan Mullen. I, I don't I, I don't see that happening. It's gonna be some I think young up and comer. Uh um I I don't think it's gonna be like one of the those hot defensive coordinator names at the um, and plus, I don't see. I mean, those, those guys are in really good spots right now. I don't. I don't think you leave that uh, for even if Florida was just making a defensive coordinator change and Mullen's job status was very safe. I don't think those guys leave their current current jobs for this. But it's going to be. It, it asks a lot of high level defensive coordinators to leave some cush jobs right now to try and come save Dan Mullen. All right. 
Make a few more of you in here. Sean Swag, here we go. Hey, how you doing today? Good. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Just uh, pretty beat up over the Gators game, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, just a quick question. Um, do we think Emery is going to stay another year? And if he does, does AR beat him out, like flat out? Uh, I don't see Emery back next year. Um, I I think the way this this year's played out, uh, I think you know this was the year. Um, you know, like I, I I have long thought that this was going to be Henry Jones' only year at Florida. We either he plays so good and goes to the NFL, or it plays a little bit like it has this year, and you know Richardson ends up taking over and he he transfers out and goes somewhere else. And you know the the latter is probably what we're going to see here. I I, I don't think Henry Jones is back at Florida next year. I think uh, this would be Ar's job. Uh, next year with the young quarterbacks that's on the roster too, Del Rio, Kitna, uh, hopefully still Evers coming in. Um, so, you know, we'll see. That's how it stands now. You know, of course, we don't know any more coaching changes. You know, if I'll say if Dan Mullen's still head coach at Florida. Uh, so, can't, uh, if that doesn't happen, then who knows what will happen with the quarterback positions and stuff like that. But as it stands right now, I'd say uh, Emory would be on his way out and we'd be looking at uh, AR taking over next year. Sweet. Thank you, Dave. Just one more quick question. Uh, if we do move on from Dan, I don't know how I feel about that yet. I still think uh, we just need to wait and see. Because uh, I, I do like Dan. I feel like everybody likes Dan. But uh, if we do move on, what would be like top two possibilities out there of a head coach replacement? Um, I, I kind of have a rule there. I'll, I'll wait till something happens uh, before I, I sound off uh, on that. I have no idea where I look my top guy uh, that I actually think would be attainable. You know, of course, there's dream names out there, but got to put some reality to it as well. So um, respectfully, I'll, you know, if it happens, uh, then I'll, uh, I'll get into it uh, like that. But uh, for now, pretty much like I did for the whole deep of the coordinator thing, I'll wait for something to happen before I start talking names. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll go for it from there. But uh, thanks for listening. Uh, and you know, hopefully I didn't, that didn't shove you off. I'm not trying to you know, shove it off or anything like that. But I just, I'll wait for it to happen before I get, in, get into that, before I get into it that deep. Sweet. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, man. Hey, man, I may be reaching right here, man, but I would like to see him pursue Muschamp to come in as defensive coordinator for us. I'd, uh, I don't see that one happening. No! Uh, his yeah, his time at Florida, uh, head coach, I don't think you return back as an assistant coach. Uh, he's at Georgia, of course, where he played. Uh, a lot of connections there. And if I'm not mistaken, I think somebody told me him and his family's building a house up there in, in Athens. I think he's probably still getting a cushy paycheck from South Carolina at the same time right now. Um, so I just there's a there's a whole lot of factors I don't see, mainly because I just don't you know you don't return back to a school that fired you as a head coach and come back as an assistant. That just it doesn't happen in, in the coaching world. And so um, would it be awesome to have Will Muschamp as a defensive coordinator? Absolutely. But I just there's a lot of factors there. I just don't I don't see that one playing out. Yeah, I feel that man. I just I live in Knoxville, so I've been getting crap ever since the Kentucky <laughs> game, man. So it sucks. <laughs> but 
I just missed well, the you USB. Well, you can you can still man. hang your hat on. We somehow beat Tennessee with the, with the way everything's looking right now. <laughs> oh, I know. Trust me, I use that all the time. I'm like, y'all, y'all, y'all can't never get out of our sh- uh, shadow to save y'all life. But I just yeah. missed some UF defenses, man. Them that Hargraves, Keanu Neal know, defense. Man. Sheesh. That's what I was saying last night. You know, you bring those names up, and that's what I was saying with the the uh, the move now uh, away from Todd Grant. I mean. You know, Florida lost DBU status under Todd Grantham. That right there should tell you pretty much all you need to know. If you, you know, if you're not a Florida fan, everybody still knew about DBU. Everybody still knew about Florida and defensive backs. Oh that's yeah, for com- sure. That's, that's completely that's, went away. That's not even that, a. That's an afterthought now at Florida. That's a lot of the conversations I have with people up here. I'm like, I mean, you look at Florida, even though we've not. I mean. Even when our offenses had the down year or down seasons, we've always been statistically known for one of the top-rated defenses in the nation. Defense is what we were known for. That's like our, you feel me, our chip on our shoulder. That's our swagger right there. So, just seeing it, how it's been the past two seasons, man, ah, whew. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not hard to have a good defense at Florida with the, with the athletes you can recruit. You know, look, that goes back to – you know, in-state recruiting a bit. The, the the guys that you can get in-state, you can build, you know, the the athleticism that's in the state, you can build a really good defense with. Uh, and that's just – that's by the wayside uh, there as well. So, um, yeah. Um, the move needed to be made – needed to be made last year. Hopefully not too little too late. Um, but I think that's the feeling uh, a lot of us get because the signs were there. There were way too many signs of why keep Todd Grantham. So what what do you think about Gene Chizik? Um, I would not hate the hire. I'm I'm more in the the camp of I'd I, I like a young up and comer trying to make his name for himself. Uh, Doug Belt would be my top choice. Their defensive coordinator at Houston um, was West Virginia DB coach. I believe he recruited Florida uh, for West Virginia. Um, think I was uh, heard as well that Kirby Smart wanted to hire him as a defensive back coach uh, for, away from West Virginia or when Holgerson left West Virginia. Uh, but he ended up going to be defensive coordinator at Houston under Dana Holgerson. But from the Valdosta area, uh, nose to, to south, uh, young up-and-comer, uh, I'd, I'd like to go that route. But Gene Chizik, you know, I had him on the podcast over the summer. I uh, asked him about what it would take for him to get back into coaching. He said it would have to be the right fit. It had to be the perfect fit. Um, so ever since all this talk, of course, when I think we all knew, uh, especially after the LSU game, you look, I think we all knew Grantham was probably going to be gone before that game anyway. But that game happened. It was kind of the nail in the coffin. And, of course, defensive coordinator talk starts ramping up. I start asking around, and Gene Chizik would listen. If, if Dan Mullen made a call to Gene Chizik, that, phone, that, that conversation would probably go on for a while. Uh, so that he, he'd be near the top of the list. He wouldn't be at the top. I would, I, w- I would like to hire, uh, but yeah, I think, I think recruiting is still a big part of this. And I still think you need that young, relatable coordinator to make a bit, big difference. And I think Gene Chisick could recruit well as, at, at the same time. I don't think the game has left him just because he's an analyst and been away from the game. He, he said on the podcast he still keep, keeps up with it, coaching clinics, all that stuff during the offseason so he can keep up with how college football is moving just in case he does get back into it. Um, but, you know, I think uh, there's you know, two, two ways to think about it, the young up-and-comer or the, the, the experienced guy who's had a lot of SEC experience. He's been around the game. He's from Florida. 
Gene Chizik knows the expectations. He hears it uh, from, from, from the fan base, um, you know, week in and week out now being a TV analyst. So uh, he, he definitely would be near the top of my list. All right. Let's see. Go ahead. Uh, my bad, man. Uh, one more thing, shifting kind of towards more of the head coaching position. I see, uh, like in uh, the fa- one of the Facebook groups I'm in, they're always talking about like with these past few games, uh, just Mullen's energy, uh, especially with the press conferences. It looks like he's mentally and physically checked out of being the head coach. It looks like his energy is just super low. Doesn't really have a lot of the same energy he came in with. Um, what's your opinions and thoughts on that? Um, all we can really do is go by what it looks like, and that's exactly what it looks like. Now, is it true? Is it not true? Who knows? But that's on the surface, that's what it looks like. Uh, and a lot of people notice it. It's not just somebody out there spouting off and being loud about it. It's a lot of people noticing it and putting it out there. And uh, there's uh, there's some truth to it. Uh, I, I think that we go back and I think uh, I think COVID really, really, really took a lot out of him. Uh, the, the COVID year last year, and um, I know Josh Pate has said it on his podcast, and a lot of other people out there, and we've talked about it as well. You know, the whole NFL talk, and you know, if it was real, and Dan Mullen maybe thought he had a chance of going to the NFL, maybe checked out because he thought he was on his way out. Well, okay, if that's the case, then it, maybe it's hard to check back in, uh, and maybe um, the the thought of not being here crept in too far, and it's hard to check back in. It's hard to get back fully buy into what it takes. Uh, and I look, I think um, this year probably caught him by surprise a little bit. And no, and, and no, way, no coach thinks their team's going to go out there and, and look the way Florida has. But I honestly do think this year has caught him by surprise a little bit. There's, I don't think he saw at any point Florida being a 500, 4-5 team uh, at this point in the season. And I think it's caught him by surprise. I think it's weighed on him. Uh, and, of course – uh, everything else that comes along with being a head coach of Florida and then the pressure that's coming from the fan base and all these press conferences and stuff, uh, probably a little irritated. <laughs> so, uh, look, this what, Monday uh, right now? Uh, we got an email Saturday morning for media. They are – now the press conferences on Mondays, I don't know about any other time of the week, are going to be in person. Uh, Dan Mullen's Monday press conference will be in person. So that keeps me out of it. Uh, I won't be going from Jacksonville to Gainesville uh for a, a 30 minute press conference so that uh that's that that's the the bad part about it i know a lot of people were tired of the zoom but it did involve a little more people to to, to get there for these press conferences so maybe i can work something out to where i can i can show up there uh monday during the season but as of uh as of right now no more zoom press conferences for dan Mullen on mondays and it will be in person so of course today will be big with him discussing I mean, here's another thing. How does it react today? I mean, he's going to sit here and now have to talk about Grantham and Hevesy being let go. Uh, and so one more one more event, I guess you could say, of how people are going to read Dan Mullen's body language and what he his remarks and what he says uh, with this tough situation. You know it's tough for him, um, having to now make changes of, of – a coach who's been with him for 20, 21 years in John Hevesy. Of course, they're close in you know, friendship, a bond over those 20 years. And now uh, Todd Grantham as well. Because Dan Mullen has been questioned a whole lot. I don't think he I don't think he saw that uh, coming. You know, he had some early success in 18 and 19. And now a lot, uh, a barrage of questions about the future 
of this Florida program. And I think it's, it, it's happened so fast that uh, I think, you know, he doesn't know how to take it. And I think we see that play out. Yeah, most definitely. I, I feel like, what is it? We got three, four games left. I, I would really like to see him come out, like, especially with how everything's turned out this season. I mean, yeah, we're on a down season. And after firing two uh, coaches, I would like to see him come out with, with some energy and, and getting the team back on that, that ball of energy and just, you feel me, just playing to that Florida standard that we're used to seeing, like not, not coming out and feeling sorry for yourself and hanging your lip, so to speak. That's just what I would want to see out of the last couple games we got left on the season. Yeah, you know, you, you hope this team can still buy in and find, and find something to play for, but it, uh, it, it looks really, really difficult right now. Uh, of getting this team to to to, to buy in, but hopefully, ho- hopefully so, and can end the season on some kind of high note. And look, Missouri and FSU you know, after this Saturday, this past Saturday against South Carolina, those aren't gimme games anymore. Uh, well, I know we a lot of us assumed, myself included, you know, Florida's just going to go out there and end the season four and zero. That's not the case anymore. That's not the case anymore. If Florida doesn't care to go out there and play, then those games are are big time potential losses. Hey, Swag. Hey, Dave. Uh, first of all, let me just say, how cool is this? You got half of Ben Hill Griffin Stadium on a call. So <laughs> good, good, good for you, man. Um, but I think this is a um, for sure a sign that Mullen is going to be around next year. Uh, I mean, obviously he could tank, and you could say, you know, this should have been done a while back. But I think obviously the people, the powers that be, that that made this happen could have got rid of Mullen if they if they needed to or wanted to and maybe it was an ultimatum of you know it's hey it's either them or or you and you know are you willing to make the changes that are required and and you know maybe that type of a conversation would was had and and we got to hope so um but the the other thing I'd say is a lot of people talking about the schedule for next year I think actually well first of all the schedule doesn't change no matter who's here but if you look at the schedule six of the first seven games are in the swamp so we mm-hmm. got to go to Tennessee and we open up with Utah, but it actually sets up pretty good. Now you got back-to-back Georgia and Texas A&M later in the season, but six of the seven games, first seven games are in the swamp. And um, so, you know, I think there's a chance here you get Samford. Obviously you'd rather do this now than before traveling to Missouri. So, you know, you get one tune-up game and then, and then you try to finish strong and hopefully you carry that into the next year. Cause I, again, like I said, I think, the, the signs are at this point, unless he just absolutely tanks, that he's going to be around next year and, and he's given an opportunity to, to rebuild things by improving the defense, which has been the biggest problem, and improving recruiting. If you look at our recruiting rankings, offensive line is the lowest ranked unit. So he's kind of addressing the two major pain points of the fan base, or at least maybe somebody within the organization said, hey, let's take these two worst situations and let's let's give Mullen one more shot thanks Dave thanks man yeah I spoke on that a little bit uh last night definitely uh the the two positions that need to be made I'm still surprised that the heavy sea wouldn't happen uh at this point in the season I thought I thought with the background the relationship those guys have if that move was going to be made 
that would be one that was not going to be made during the season, definitely after the season uh, there. So I uh, was caught by uh, by surprise on that one a bit. Kind of knew the Grantham one was coming, uh, but was when the, when, the, when the tweet came out from Bruce Feldman, when I saw Hennessy's name included, I was like, okay, that's a – that's a that's a change I didn't expect to make there, uh, but all right, there's, I got plenty of you guys waiting to get in here, so let me let you in. Uh, try and make it quick. We've been going pretty long now. Try I'll try to get everybody uh, in here who's been waiting. All right, a few of them more. A few more of you are in here right now. Hey, Tyler. Hey, uh, I just got one one real quick uh, comment more than a question. But, you know, after every game, you know, you see the players go on Twitter and, you know, they tweet, you know, I love this team and I'll die on this team mm-hmm. and this, that, and the other. It's like, where's that emotion on the sideline? I mean, the last thing a Tim Tebow or Brandon Spikes is going to do after a loss is going to make a Facebook status. I mean, to me, that just shows how weak we are uh, mentally as a team. And, um, I guess I would just like to see that emotion on the field and instead of on Twitter. Yeah, I know uh, Mabu Diabate was one of the ones that came out there. And I, and I know just by knowing him, he, he he does go out there and play his hardest. He's playing out of position. I mean, he's uh, – him at linebacker should have never happened uh, at all. And somebody I expected to take a step this year. And he, and he is better than what he was last year. But now you can just clearly see playing out of position. And he's one of the guys I know – uh, who says, you know, this team's going to stick together and, and and all that. And Embry Jones retweets it and stuff, you know, especially from the quarterback position. And, and I agree. And I hate to read in the body language too much. Not everybody's going to be Tim Tebow, uh, you know, just the raw, raw type and, and fiery. That's, you know, Kyle Trash wasn't really that either. You saw it here and there. Uh, but a lot of guys lead you know, by example, and their play is what, you know, is is the leadership part of that, and you know, I I, I agree. You don't, you don't see a lot of fire from this team, and look, I, I, it, it's hard for a team that's four and four, four and five, to sit there and you know play with a lot of fire and passion and show it over and over again. You know, I, there's not a lot to be excited about uh, there when you 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 have this record that you have. Um, so, honestly, I'm I'm at the point now where I wouldn't mind if the players were off social media altogether. Um, I think it's you know when things are going good, it, it's it's a good thing. When things are going bad, we start pointing to a lot of things uh, with players on social media, and uh, of course uh, it got ramped up last week when the team's in, supposed to be in a bunker mentality, and you know they're out there on social media and and stuff. I know that you know caught some people's eye and stuff when the team's supposed to be focused uh, in you know, on a game, but you know they have they have lives too. I'm not saying they can't be on social media or either, but you know you you see it. Uh, and right now it's just going to get uh, put under a microscope of where this team is at. So when you see him on social media, of course, it's going to be, you know, sometimes misconstrued. Yeah, it's, they're going to be kids. They're going to be college kids. um, But you see programs out there that uh, during, at least during the season, uh, they're not on their social media. And, you know, Dan Mullen, I get, you know, he trusts his players with that decision. uh, And look, it blew up what Saturday night versus South Carolina when you had players, uh, watching the game, uh, Zach Goodall uh, put it out there. You had a couple players, uh, freshman players, watching the game uh, and putting their comments out and kind of laughing when things were going on uh, during the game. You don't want to see that. So right now, you know, just because things don't look good, uh, we're going to put an eye on social media and and, and kind of criticize that, that that portion of it too. Fair, fair or unfair, uh, but it is it is going to be part of it. 
Yeah, and I will say Diabate is the exception for me because, like you said, he does play hard, and he is one of those guys that you know gives it his all. But, you know, when Emery says stuff like that and then you look at him on the sideline and he's just sulking with his head down after every mistake he makes, it's just like, man, I don't need a Twitter post. We believe in you. We want you to be good. Nobody wants you to be bad. But I just – the energy on Twitter versus the sideline just – I mean, it, there's just a massive disconnect there, and um, I just think it's a big problem. But I appreciate it, Dave. I'll get off of here. All right. Thanks, Tyler. All right, who's in here now that has it? All right, let me see. All right. Hey, Gary, I brought you in here. They were sweet, sweet Jay. Good morning, good morning. Hey, hey I, I, I had I had checked out uh, Saturday evening. I didn't even want to talk about Florida football at all. Until I know, man. Until I got that headline, I'm like, okay, let's go. I'm like, you know, whether they forced him or not, I'm glad it had to be done. I'm with you, Dave. Let's get us a little young guy in there, young DC, somebody you know who can who can give give you know get us fiery. And um, I'm just hoping going forward. I'm just praying because you know sometimes you know when when you do make these moves, you actually want to know like, okay, was it really his decisions that was messing everything up? Like, mm-hmm. and like are we that trash on defense, or is it really just his bad play calling? And we and the other uh, assistants are like, man, we know we could do a lot better, but he's just hindering us from doing what we could do. Like I'm just hoping that when we let his butt like that now that he's gone whoever takes the uh whoever you know runs the defense going forward like like are we gonna still keep blitzing or is somebody gonna be smart enough to be like you know what maybe we don't need to blitz as much or at least send that many people in on third downs leave the middle open every time you know so i'm just praying that that's the case man because like you say man we damn sure lost our dbu title up under him it's just is yeah, completely different defense, man. So um, I'm yeah, just, I'm okay with not seeing a blitz that never gets there again, ever again. Yeah. For real, <laughs> like it, you know, it's so funny because you know, uh, when we had Shannon, you know, we was praying for a blitz, you know, <laughs> like, like yeah, you know? yeah. And it's it's like why the why the universe want to do us like that? We was praying for a blitz, <laughs> and we got somebody who just blitzed too dang go much. You just like my God, can we just blitz four one drive? Then we can just blitz four and just cover. But um, yeah, I'm um, you know, I'm ready to see where this goes. You know, I'm I'm a guy. I'm on the Dan. You know, I still, I still want to see if Dan can turn it around, man. You know, and yeah. but I'm I'm at the same time. You know, we you done made the adjustments. Now I'm I'm like now nah, we're gonna see what is what you got going. If you if your head out of you better get your head into it. Not Dan. Like now you know, uh, like I have my homeboys laughing. You know what I'm saying? I you know. I be going to back behind Dan, but you know now I'm like, hey, you got the, you, hey, you, you got me looking crazy. So, so <laughs> I got, you got, you got to prove me right. You got to prove me right. So I'm just, you know, hoping with this move, man. You know, uh, going forward, let's like say we got the uh, the Sanford game and then with Missouri. I'm just hoping that whoever takes takes the, you know, takes control, makes uh, call, make calling the shots going forward, that we can actually see that. Okay, yeah, it, you know, like. It's the scheme. We 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 got him out there. 
long as we get a new DC in there, we're gonna be good going forward. That that's what I want to see. And then the offense line, I don't know how that's gonna work. You know, with the O line coach going, you know, it's gonna be a major drop off. Even is it gonna get worse with the with the coach gone, or you know, do we got another guy sitting there that just know the nice words to say to get these guys fired up? So I'm just ready to see that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do caution. Uh, you know, major changes for the rest of this year. You know, you, you don't, you're not gonna, you know, you kind of do quote unquote have a built-in bye week here with Sanford, so you maybe can change a, a few things, but it's not going to be wholesale changes. Uh, you know, from everything that you've put together back in the spring and fall camp. You know, it's still a system that these guys know. Now, I do think you can simplify it and play a little easier uh, there in that regard. But, you know, wholesale changes, you know, going from a completely style of defense, that's not going to happen. It's still going to be the uh, the same scheme, same style, but how do you go about approaching that same scheme and same style? How do you how do you play within that but a different way? Uh, so I think um, – yeah, I, I, I do caution, you know, don't get too down if it's not a huge change because I'm just not sure how much you change this late in the season or what's been there. But I do think effort, of course, I think you're still going to want to look at that. And if you can quantify that, if you can look at it, okay, then maybe, maybe that's there. Uh, but I do think some simplified approach and the, when you call blitz, when you don't call blitz, um, you know, third down defense. I think you could probably look at that and see how it's uh, how it's adjusted as well. Uh, there, there'll be little things you can pick up on, but big wholesale changes. You know, I caution looking out for that. Yeah, yeah, because that's that, and that you hit on the head for that third down. That's really what I'm gonna be looking for. Like, you know, how do we, you know, if we do get that third and long, are we gonna give up that chunk play or whoever uh, takes control says, you know what? Maybe, you know, I might switch it up a little bit. I'm just leave a guy that could drop back, you know what I'm saying? Instead of us just sending that whole, just, you know, sending the whole damn team in there, maybe I might leave a guy back to cover, help a little bit. And that's all I want to see, and I'd be happy with that, you know what I'm saying? Just don't, as long as it ain't looking like that, you know, how it been looking. Yep. Thanks, man. All right, who else is in here? Gary, I think. Hal, if you guys are still still on before I move on to somebody else. Oh, there we go. Hal, you there? Yep. Can you hear me? Yep, loud and clear. All right, cool. Sorry, first time I've talked on one of your uh, Twitter spaces. I appreciate oh, it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's – great that we got rid of those two guys but it's also you know a year too late um i think like a lot of you guys said it's it's kind of seems like something that was forced on balling you know it's probably either you let these guys go or you go um but i want to see more changes at the end of the year because it kind of like someone else was saying it seems like okay here's your chance to make some changes mullen and you're probably going to stay next year but um, but also, who do we think is going to be calling defense now? I guess maybe we'll find out today. But oh no, that's going to come out. McGriff, McGriff is going to be the, the uh, okay, good. This season. Yep. All right, that's who I was hoping for because he's not, you know, like C. Rod and these other guys. They're just they're Grantham light probably. Yeah. But uh, you know, definitely get McGriff in there, and I want to see if he plays some of these younger guys too. You know, get Bogle out of there. I'd love to see 
Cox off the field, you know, because he still can't set the edge. <laughs> it's like, but um, but man, you know, I was I was all for giving him all in another year until Saturday night. It just seems like, you know, sure LSU put AR in, scored a bunch of points, but man, Saturday night it was like no one knew what they were doing, and he just he was frustrated. He didn't seem to care. So I think, uh, I think today his demeanor and all that is going to really, it's, we're going to see what it's all about. Um, and you know, like I said, or like you said, I like that, that Houston DC reminds me of, uh, you know, Freeman last year at Cincinnati. Um, Chizik's cool. I like him as a DC is, is he going to want to work with Dan, you know? Yeah. Right. That's, that's 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 a big big deal. For for especially you know if he's looking for the right right job to come back on is it going to be working for Mullen for maybe a year and then he's got to yeah. do something else so yeah you know here's the thing about that you know, whether it be young guy or an experienced guy Dan Mullen's going to give you this defense you know this defense is going to be yours uh, so yeah that's that's a big selling point too for some defensive coordinators out there I think that's true um, you know so I guess I mean I guess that's it we're going to see what happens today man. And, you know, I'd love to see Knox, Knox gone too. Cause, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't if, think the changes are done. Pierce, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, but I mean, I'm fucking probably. like, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. feel so bad for, for Pierce, man. I mean, he's, he's a beast and we're getting him like six carries a game. He should be getting like 15, 20 carries a game. And you could just see it on his face, man, after that end of the game. Yeah. So I don't know. So that's it for me. Thanks for letting me talk. Appreciate all the stuff you do, man, and all you guys on here. Thanks, Al. Right, Gary, are you in here before I move on? If not, okay. Let me go and see. Bring Irene here. She's been waiting for a while. CT. Hey, David, this is Gary. Hey, Gary. Hey, sorry, my mic was turned off. Oh, okay. All good. Hey, just real quick, man, because I got to bounce in here to work. But uh, but I was just going to say, you know, are, are the expectations of the fan base, just even myself included, are, are they just too much for Florida football? Like, honestly, like since 2000, I, man, I retired from the Air Force in 2008. We haven't we haven't played for a national title or even been in, a, in the one college playoff or anything. And I've attended a lot of Florida football games. And, and, you know, you keep expecting Florida to, to, to take this, this leap where they're, you know, excellent, you know, like an elite team again. And then you got a third-string quarterback from St. Francis Nobody comes in and makes us look like a bunch of fools. But, yeah, our quarterbacks take four years to develop, and then they're out to the NFL. I mean, man, there's, there's just so many things with Florida football, man, where I think, I think our expectation as a fan base needs to just go way down for a while because I think the kids played hard for Urban Meyer and Steve Spurrier, but those coaches earned those players' respect. I don't, I don't think you're ever going to see that with Mullen because that team quit on him the other night. And uh, when a team quits, how do you get them back? What do you say to them? I mean, hey, coach, yeah. you know, our best players are sitting on the bench over here while right. we're running Malik Davis 100 times. I mean, come on, man. I mean, he's done it. <laughs> For the past two years, I mean, I think the running backs coach needs to be fired. If he's the guy that Mullen keeps putting it off on saying, oh, he tells me who to put in, well, then that guy needs to go because he's clueless because obviously your your, your best back is Damian Pierce. He shredded Georgia. I mean, literally, if they had stuck with him during the game and not did this 
three-headed monster thing they try to do it's ridiculous you know and uh, i'm sorry man i'm a little bit fired up but i don't think the heavy i don't think the heavy and the and the grantham thing is that big a deal because mullen's still going to call the same power up the middle 400 times a game with the wrong running back and he's going to try to do it with the wrong running back the every wrong time. Running back. That is my that is my issue. That is my issue and it's been my issue. Because Damian Pierce, I've been watching him for three years. He's been beast yep. for the past three years, yep. even back in the Michael P. Rhyme era. Then he yep. dominates the field. He carries fifteen to twenty yards every run. And it's like why Absolutely. he don't, why he not getting more touches? Why is he not getting more yeah. touches? You'll put him in to let him run up the big play and then take him out and then we losing three more yards and got to punt the ball back again. What's going on? Yeah, and that's not, that's not – Like, why is you not – why are you holding Damian Pierce on the bench? You know what we call him? We call him Mr. Put-Me-In Coach. That's what we call him. <laughs> we call him Mr. Yeah. Put-Me-In Coach. He's a beast on the field, and I just want to see more touches from him. And these last few games we got, I'm really not sure. If he's not putting Damian Pierce in there, I don't know what we're going to do. I agree. Yeah. Um, I think everybody's been kind of been frustrated with that. And that was our, one of our biggest questions coming into the season, what would happen at running back? Who would get the carries? Would some of these young guys get more carries? Well, they're not, obviously. They're, that's that's well, We know that by now. That you know, they're, they're, uh, It's going to be the veterans that are getting the carries, uh, but still split way too much. Now, of course, at the beginning of the season, you couldn't complain too much about how it was working out, but we've seen enough evidence by now. To know, yeah, Damian Pierce should be getting the majority of these carries. There's no, there's no sense in rotating all these carries. Let him get the right. the early runs, beat up a defense, and if you want to give him a breather or two, that's when Wright and Davis can come in. Right, but it, it should it should it should it should be only breather moments. Right, Damian Pierce, go go out there, let him go out there, and let him punish a defense. And we have one more year with Pierce, don't we? And we got one more year. Uh, I mean, he came in in eighteen, so however. What, 18, 19, 20. I mean, I guess so, but 2020 not really counting if he really wanted to come back. If he really wanted to come uh, back. But, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, last year was a free year for everybody. No, go ahead, go ahead. You don't. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't expect it, but maybe, maybe so. But after this year, I wouldn't blame him if he wanted to uh, screw out of here. Mm. I definitely wouldn't. I definitely can't wait to see him go pro. I just really hope somebody is really watching him to want to pick him up. I don't want him to be no free agent. <laughs> he might get a look. He might get a look. Yeah. All right. Uh, CT, I think you're in here now. And yes, sir. All right. Hey, man. How's it going, brother? You doing all right? Yeah, good. Yeah, here. man. I, it's a happy day today, man. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's a happy day. Um, it's uh, you, you hate to see people lose their jobs, but this is a business. And sure. uh, it's got it's got to happen. And um, I don't think, like you said, I don't think it's done. Um, I still maintain that I believe this is Dan Mullen's last year. I think he still wants out. I think he will ask out when uh, when the season is over. Um, this, make no mistake about it, the Grantham firing was not forced, but that Hevesy firing was forced. Um. I, I can tell you that for a fact. It was it was definitely forced, and he is, from what I've been told, he is he's really pissed off about it. And I, I think the Gator boosters flexed their muscles last night. I think they just had enough. And um, 
And I, and I'm, I'm thankful they did that. You know, a lot of us have wondered where, where are you guys at? You know, like, come on, people that make the decisions around here, where are you at? Well, they showed up and, uh, they've had enough of it. And I, I don't think the changes were done. Um, that's my theory. I, I'm not saying that it's going to happen. I just believe it's going to happen. Um, what do you think, Dave? You think you think this still could be his last year? Uh, I, I think there's an opportunity for that. I mean, we'll see how. Yeah. Like, like I said, you lose another game. I think all bets are off, and an actual firing can come from that. Um, more so than him just looking around and and wanting to get out of here. I think uh, you collapse and lose to Missouri and FSU. Then I, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how you defend it. If you're if you're Florida administration, I don't know how you sell it to a fan base. If you're a Florida administration, that you're putting you know faith in to a coach that's completely looks like he's lost it uh, right now. I don't know how you get the players back uh, in, yeah. in that regard too. Um, I do think you mentioned boosters and money talking. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, that's that's what that's why this was sped up. I still don't think yes. any. Any moves, any firings were not going to be made to after the season until the collapse Saturday night. Yeah. And that, that, that sped it up. Uh, and people had had enough. Uh, and I think people are still at that level. And they want a certain commitment from Dan Mullen that I don't know what he can tell them to make him feel better. I think that's kind of where I'm at with it. I mean, do, do words fall on deaf ears? Do, do actions not be – are actions that um, – you know, these actions here, uh, actions for the rest of the season, whatever those may be, do those just get ignored because people yeah. are already checked out and want to move on? I, I, I'm not so sure what Dan Mullen can do. Now, look, this, these moves, of course, I think win and win some of the fan base back, build some goodwill, but the prevailing message has been too little, too late. Yeah, there's that, no question. That, that's the that's the message I've seen more so than not. It's not it's not hallelujah like you thought it would have been. Like yeah. this would have happened. In a year ago, you know, if this would have happened in December, you would have had a whole lot of elation and a whole lot of hallelujah. It's happening yeah. now. It's just, it's just kind of okay. Well, this is something that should have happened already. Yeah, you know, I, I think if Hevesy had not been fired, I think you would. I we could say, okay, Dan was kind of pushed into doing this, you know, with getting giving Grantham out. But when Hevesy Hevesy was the big shocker. I mean, you and I have talked. We. We had heard rumblings, you know, that Hevesy could be gone after this year. Yeah. And and then and then we were like, Yeah, but we'll believe that when we see it, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> right. Uh, and and when it happens, you're just like, Wow. Like I was I was like Nick Delatore. I was shocked when it happened. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and, and somebody brings this point up to me. I'm talking to somebody on on Twitter DMs at the same time and like, look, Florida with these kind of moves here. And if this is kind of how it stands and where it goes, and then to finish this season, is Florida putting themselves in a Clay Helton USC situation? Mm, where you think a you think a move should probably be made, but you don't do it, and then it's just a lost cause. And you know, with that schedule we talk about next year, you know what? Three yeah. games, four games into the season next year. Okay, well, this is yeah. a move we should have made last year. Kind of like defensive coordinator hiring Grantham. Okay, it's a move we should have made last year. Yeah. But here we go. Now, we'll make it now. And you well, pretty much wasted a year. He could have built so much goodwill if he'd have fired Grantham last year. Yeah. And uh, and, yeah, and he really hurt he, himself. I mean, first of all, if the season plays out the same way yeah. as it has, you may not have an LSU loss. You may not have a South no. Carolina loss. No. 
No, no, no. A, a competent defensive coordinator does not give up 13 counter plays, you know, in one game. <laughs> uh, but, but I will say, I want to say though, I mean, I want, I want Dan Mullen to succeed. I want him to, and I, I'm not one of these just anti Mullen people. I really did want him to. I do want him to succeed. But I, I just the question is, does he want to succeed? And I feel like he checked out the minute the NFL turned him down. And and uh, I know the Jets said no. And I mean, I have to admit, I mean, my ego would take a hit too if I was a coach and the Jets told me no. But you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, he just, I agree with most of the sentiment out there. I think it's just too little too late. And I think he's, he's all, it's gotten so toxic at Florida when the boosters hardly ever get it. I mean, the big guys don't ever really get involved too much at this point in the, in the, in the game. They usually wait till later for them to step in like they did speaks volumes to me. Right. Uh, uh, as to as to the tox, toxicity of the of the situation, so I really believe what's what's going to end up happening. I'm going to maintain it. I think he's going to ask to be let go of his contract. Um, and I, I just think because the Hevesy firing to me is the signal that he was that that he's going to leave. In my opinion, because I think he got forced to do something he did not want to do. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think he and Hevesy's relationship, I believe has already gone down the tubes. I think it's, I think it's not what it used to be. Um, you know, based on, um, and shout out to, you know, Bob Redman on 24 seven, you know, he, he really, he went out there and, and really got some good information put out there. Um, and, uh, you know, for, for, talking about, you know, Strickland getting into it with Mullen in the tunnel at South Carolina and all that stuff. And yeah. I totally believe that's true. I totally believe that. I've known Bob. I don't, I, I know of Bob, excuse me, uh, for a long time. And I know he's very credible and, uh, and he don't put stuff out there like that just to put it out there. So, um, I, I just think we're, this is just the beginning. I think, I think Gator fans need to be ready. And I think because, I think regardless of how these games turn out, I, I just think there's a lot more coming. And um, yeah, I think I think so too. You know, and we'll see we'll see the degree of it. You know, and if it yeah ends up like you say with with, with Mullen. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, if he wants to stay, I want him to be successful. If he doesn't want to stay, get him out. So yeah, you know. that's pretty much the gist of it. Yep. All right, yep. Thanks, Ethan. Right, Appreciate it, bud. Before I get out here, yep, yeah. Thanks, man. Go Gators. Go Gators. All right. North Florida Spinus, I think you're in here. If you're still here. Yeah, good yeah, morning. There we go. Good morning. I, uh, well, with what y'all just said, it kind of changed what I was going to ask. I, I'm watching that South Carolina game, as crappy as it was, I never dreamed that I mean, I, if those changes were forced, I, I just didn't think that Mullen would be around after how terrible that game was. But uh, if if he does stay, do you think we may pursue Phil Troutwine for offensive line coach? And maybe if we get a new defensive coordinator, maybe we can actually recruit a true linebacker again. That's about 
Yeah, I think oh, Trotwine is going to be the hot. Yeah, Trotwine is going to be the hot name, the name that comes up the most uh, for all offensive line, of course, at Penn State, recruits well, former player at Florida. Uh, that name, that's going to be uh, the hot name there. So well, I think we need to see what happens with uh, James Franklin at Penn State uh, to see if that move happens and if Trotwine would go uh, there or you know try to have a, a conversation with Mullen about coming to Florida and taking over uh, for offensive line coach. Um, so that, that's pretty you know that, that's going to be the name that's thrown out there the most everybody's looking at right now um, there'll be some other ones of course the names that, that get thrown out there but it's going to right now for for most of Gator Nation it's going to start and end right there and see what happens with him uh, so uh, it would be, it'd be nice to have a, a former Gator on staff uh, that, that that gets it and, and knows what to do and already recruits well uh, coming in so also, these changes, like coaching, isn't going to change anything with right. the personnel we have. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to address anything that, uh, as far as Mullen's recruiting, I mean, that's the, one of the biggest issues I think at Florida right now is just the roster. It just isn't, you know, you're not going to compete with the big boys in the SEC. You know, I mean, and that's where I've lost my hope, man. That's kind of where, you know, where, where I stand, too. Yeah. T- tying everything into what we saw this year and then tying it in with that criticism that I've always put out there, that's kind of why it's, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, uh, I, I fell, I fell off the cliff, uh, this past Saturday. I think once you lose the players, um, and you tie that in to what we've seen on the field this year and you tie it in ultimately to recruiting, I don't know where the hope is. I don't know where the light at the end of the tunnel is and it, it's going to have to change, but Dan Mullen's history says that part will not change. And if it does, you know, it's, it's a huge it's a huge turn of events. But also, what's the timeline of that? When do we see the payoff? If Dan Bowen's going to change his recruiting, can he, first he's got to change himself. Then he's got to change his recruiting approach. Then he's got to bring in a whole lot of staff that does it as well. What's the, what's the what's the, I mean, we've seen fast turnarounds in college football. Dan Bowen did it himself. Now, was recruiting the, the roster was in okay shape taking over for Jim McElwain. It wasn't Florida standards, but it was in okay shape. We saw the we saw the payoff in that with Dan Mullen gets those players and develop those players. But trying to turn it around now when Alabama's rolling, Georgia's rolling, Texas A Texas A or Texas and Oklahoma's on the way in, Texas A and M recruits well, Auburn, LSU recruit at the same level. What is the what is the timeline that if you are going to change, when does that pay off? And is that fast enough for everybody? I'm not so sure it will be. By the way, Dave, if you don't mind me interjecting here for a minute, uh, I just wanted to let you know that UF just announced that Christian Robinson will be the defensive play caller for the rest of the season. Oh, okay. So that was uh, – yeah, the reports yesterday were McGriff. So. Yeah. Okay. so the guy that can't teach his linebackers to fill gaps is going to be the play caller. <laughs> that's great. Okay. I'm out. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's very interesting. Wonderful. Yeah, I guess – I. I guess I mean I'm going to try and connect the dots there myself. It's quote unquote his scheme too. Of course, if it's Todd Grantham's scheme, it's he knows it as well. Um, but yeah, that's uh, kind of surprising with what was coming out yesterday. But there we go. CT, where'd you hear that at or see it at? I have no not. Um, since I'm doing this, I'm not, I, you know, I tell you what, I, I'm not very it. disappointing. I'll tell you that. Um, the linebackers <laughs> are poorly coached. We've, we've talked about that all year. Um, 
and to have the guy that that's doing that is now calling the plays it tells me the defense is not going to change at all um in these three games um now maybe some of the way they go about things will change um because you know if if i'm christian robinson i'm thinking gosh you know i'm getting an opportunity i probably don't even deserve and uh and i'm gonna i'm gonna try to make the best of it you know so he may try to do a few things that make himself look good i don't know but um it's very disappointing and it also kind of tells me that (laughs) florida probably said okay well we got rid of grantham so you know you can choose whoever you want for the next three games you know um yeah so that's that's my take on it, but I mean I know. Yeah, there it is. Okay, I just got the email. Yeah, I just got the email from Florida. Linebackers coach Christian Robinson will assume defensive play calling duties while Paul Pasqualoni, uh Let me see. Well, this uh, email is not formatted right. While Paul Pasqualoni, special assistant to the head coach, will play an on-field role for the remaining of the season. Yeah. Well, hopefully he can coach linebackers. Maybe we'll look better. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's. Um, I mean, it is what it is at this point. I mean, I, I'm disappointed, but I'm not I'm, like upset about it because we got three games left, and then I think the wholesale change has come. So. All right. Well, yeah. Thanks yeah, for man. throwing that out there, and yeah, <laughs> that was with the. All right. I know a lot of people are already waiting. I am going to have to call it here, Ben. Um been going on for well over an hour now i'll we'll do another one uh friday of this week maybe maybe another one i know all the news is kind of fast and flowing right now i may do another one i know this one was kind of kind of busy a lot of people sitting here waiting and listening thank you so much i know sometimes these things are all over the place (laughs) uh with with the chats here on monday morning whether you're on your way to work or, or sitting at work or at home whatever however you do it everybody thanks so much for uh hopping in here and um uh, we'll, we'll we'll do it again uh, on Friday uh, for sure of this week. Maybe another one thrown in. I'll, I'll see. But uh, a lot of news. Follow along. We'll be there. We'll be following along all week, uh, especially today. Dan Bowen's press conference. We'll get his response to all of these moves uh, being made. But uh, latest right there, Robinson Christian Robinson will take over uh, defensive play calling duties for the rest of the season. So all right, there we go. Gator, Gators Breakdown, Twitter Spaces, chat, letting you guys sound off on the big news of Ty Grantham and John Hevesy being let go from the University of Florida. All right, check out uh, Gators Breakdown tonight. Will Miles and I will, will be on there. We'll we'll discuss all this news today. And uh, sure, Will, will and I get together. It'll be a lot of fun talking about this. So, all right, everybody, I will uh, see you on the next episode of Gators Breakdown. I was like, okay, that's a uh, – that's a that's a change uh, I didn't expect to make there, uh, but all right, there's, I got plenty of you guys waiting to get in here, so let me let you in. Uh, try and make it quick. We've been going pretty long now. Try I'll try to get everybody uh, in here who's been waiting. All right, a few of you more, a few more of you are in here Hi, right now. Hey, Tyler. Hey, uh, I just got one one real quick uh, comment more than a question. But, you know, after every game, you know, you see the players go on Twitter and, you know, they tweet, you know, I love this team and I'll die on this team mm-hmm. and this, that, and the other. It's like, where's that emotion on the sideline? I mean, the last thing a Tim Tebow or Brandon Spikes is going to do after a loss is going to make a Facebook status. I mean, to me, that just shows how weak we are uh, mentally as a team. And, um, 
I guess I would just like to see that emotion on the field and instead of on Twitter. Yeah, I know uh, Mabu Diabate was one of the ones that came out there. And I, and I know just by knowing him, he, he, he does go out there and play his hardest. He's playing out of position. I mean, he's uh, – him at linebacker should have never happened uh, at all. And somebody I expected to take a step this year. And he, and he is better than what he was last year. But now you can just clearly see playing out of position. And he's one of the guys I know – uh, who says, you know, this team's going to stick together and, and and all that. And Emory Jones retweets it and stuff, you know, especially from the quarterback position. And, and I agree. And I hate to read in the body language too much. Not everybody's going to be Tim Tebow, uh, you know, just the raw, raw type and, and fiery. That's, you know, Kyle Trask wasn't really that either. You saw it here and there. Uh, but a lot of guys lead, you know, by example. And their play is what, you know, is is the leadership part of that, and you know, I I, I agree. You don't, you don't see a lot of fire from this team, and look, I, I, it, it's hard for a team that's four and four, four and five, to sit there and you know play with a lot of fire and passion and show it over and over again. You know, I, there's not a lot to be excited about. 